0: to my podcast, Crimes, Coffee, and Crazy. I'm your host, A, but I think that I'm going to drop the anonymity. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and I really, I think I want to share my podcast with people that I know. can do that in one fell swoop is to like post it on my personal social media so I'm thinking I might do it guys I don't know I like I keep going back and forth because I think it's really cool to be anonymous but I also want to hear like feedback from from people that I know and, and I don't know it's just crazy my name is Ali wow that was that was a big one um, my name is Ali and my husband's name is Thomas I call him Tom I am going to keep my baby's names out your mouth, <laughs> but um, yeah I'm Ali and my husband is Tom so I wanted to jump this episode off by saying that it will be emotional, um, for me to get through, and I'm going to be centering this episode on guilt, um, which is a huge emotion for everybody, I think. Um, for me especially, I feel guilty about literally everything, so... (laughs) stay tuned. And if you want to hear about that, um, please keep listening. So I'm going to start off by a definition. Um, I'm a nerd. So I think that I treat these podcasts kind of like research paper that I'm doing. (laughs) So I think, um, starting off with a strong definition of my subject is important. So what is guilt? Guilt is a feeling people typically have after doing something wrong intentionally or accidentally. A person's sense of guilt usually relates to their moral code. Guilt isn't necessarily bad. Sometimes it's even productive. Um, guilt is aversive, and like shame, embarrassment, or pride, has been described as a self-conscious emotion involving reflection on oneself. People may feel guilt for a variety um, of reasons, including acts they have committed or think that they have committed, a failure to do something that they should have done, or thoughts that they are think that they think are morally wrong. So. Guilt, for me, started at an extremely, extremely young age. I never really knew what the emotion I was feeling was. I couldn't describe it accurately. And now that I'm an adult and I'm doing um, cognitive behavioral therapy, it's really opening my eyes to the fact that I blame myself for everything absolutely everything if it's raining outside I think somehow it's my fault you know which is extremely unhealthy I'm aware of that but um it's very hard to shake what you've conditioned your own mind to believe since you were a child um so I will go into my earliest memories of guilt My earliest memories of guilt probably stem from the strained relationship I have with my dad. Um, I've mentioned before that he is an alcoholic and has been my entire life. Um, But when he wouldn't show up for visits or, you know, call when he said he would, I would internalize that and I would make myself... like I was the one to blame. And what I mean by that is I would constantly, constantly say to myself, he's not coming and he's not visiting you because he doesn't want to, because you're not a good daughter, because you're not a good girl. You're, you're not, you know, perfect enough. You're not He doesn't want to spend time with you because you're not all that, basically. And I started that at such a young age that I believed it. I believed that, Um, which makes me extremely sad because that wasn't the case. You know, like he was struggling and continues to struggle with his own addictions. And that has nothing to do with me and I'm 31 years old and I can say that I finally get that now, you know, like all that shit that I thought of myself when I was a child is just not, it's not okay. Um, and it should have been addressed probably way sooner, but you know, um, when you live with somebody who demands perfection, Um, it's hard to seek any kind of support like that. Um, and I'm referring to my grandmother. She was, um, always, always striving for us to be perfect and to appear perfect. So, yeah, it was hard to really open up and let my real feelings out, um, about everything going on with my dad. (sighs) Another reason why I felt guilty was because my mom left us when I was five, I believe. Um, I mentioned that in my first episode. She left. She had a broken heart. She had her own addiction issues. And she just felt like she couldn't be a good mother at that point in time. Which devastated me. Um, I think on some level it always will. But... I can see it from a different perspective now with cognitive it's helping me take a step back and really look at it from like an outsider's perspective Um, because when you're in it it's hard to take yourself out of the equation and, and not see things through a specific lens so I felt extremely guilty that she left I thought that it was my doing I thought that, again, I wasn't a good girl, and I just wasn't a good daughter, and she wanted to leave because I wasn't, you know, pretty enough, skinny enough, smart enough, not enough in any capacity, and again, I know that's extremely unhealthy, but I've just conditioned myself into believing that my entire life, that I'm not enough, and It's very, it's very hard to um, talk about this because I didn't even realize that I was doing this to myself, like self-sabotaging. I think because of all of the added pressure I felt from needing to be perfect in so many different ways, you know, good at sports and pretty and smart and skinny. I just got overwhelmed and would take it out on myself, um, mentally and physically. Um, I remember beginning to overeat at like a really young age. I remember the comments that my grandparents would make mostly my grandma would make about my body and how it was changing and how I was quote developing like, Oh, I hate that word, but that's what she used to call when my, my little boobies were getting bigger. Um, and I just always put this insane amount of pressure on myself to be perfect in everything that I do now. I wanted to be the perfect wife. I wanted to be good at cooking and, you know, I wanted to be Susie Homemaker and be just like a trophy wife, really. Um, And I'm not saying there's anything bad with that or wrong with that. I'm just saying like, I saw that growing up. My grandma was like a homemaker and, you know, always had dinner on the table for my papa and, and always made sure that we had the best of everything. And I can see myself like imitating that and trying to do the same things. And I'm glad that cognitive has kind of stopped me in my tracks and made me realize that my way of thinking is not healthy. I have a lot of, lot of mental problems, uh, mental health issues, I should say. And, yeah, I'm going through therapy right now. I'm seeing a psychiatrist. I'm seeing my counselor. I'm seeing my cognitive therapist, and I'm doing the work. That's what all of them say, Allie. You're doing the work. And, I guess on some level, I believe them. Okay, but it's so hard to see the evidence of that when I'm still conditioning myself to be the best mother, be the perfect mom, be everything that I wanted as a child, but never got in like the conventional way. Um, I always wanted to be a mother and now I have two beautiful babies and I'm so beyond happy to be their mom. However, it does get overwhelming for me mentally when I am constantly worrying and obsessing about them and their care and letting me and my self-care fall by the wayside. Um, so we've been working a lot in cognitive about guilt and that has been a topic of our discussions for the last three weeks now and i always go into therapy with like an open mind um i'm very very lucky that i got paired with my um my therapist uh i'm not going to use her name in case by some weird chance she finds this podcast i don't think that's allowed but um She's incredible and super supportive. And I feel like we have a connection, um, not just like patient therapist, but like almost like a friend, you know, like there are things that she says to me. And when she looks at me, I can tell that she cares and that really makes all the difference to me. If I feel like I'm being heard, I feel better. Um, which we also found out is... Like verbal affirmation. That is what I thrive off of. So we've been talking about guilt for like the last three weeks. And the first couple of sessions were, you know, hard. And she gave me a couple of exercises to do to determine if what I was feeling was helpful or unhelpful guilt, um, to give me like alternative ways to think and Um, a big thing in cognitive is evidence. So I can literally be at home and my husband's at work and I'm with the kids and I will just start thinking that he hates me. It will start as a small thought and then it will escalate into paranoia, panic. I can't breathe. Um, and it's just extremely unhealthy and it's extremely mentally and physically draining. And I'll ask him, like, do you hate me? And he's like, no, obviously not. Like, I love you. But I can't hear that. I just think like, okay, no, he hates me. You know, like I didn't do something right and he hates me. Um, so a big thing in our therapy sessions is evidence. That is what's really sticking with me because when I catch myself with these thoughts, which are completely irrational, I ask myself, what is the evidence of that? Has Tom, you know, been mean to you? Has he given you any indication that he doesn't love you? Um, And in reality, no, none of those things are true. He is the most kind and loving supportive person and he knows how deeply I've been struggling and he's been struggling with it too um which is another thing I didn't even take into consideration like I'm just so worried about myself and the kids that I forget sometimes that he is my partner and my teammate and we have each other's backs, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like I have his, like I always have his. So we actually made a breakthrough last week and I want to talk about it because I feel like it's important and I feel like it's um, imp- like important to talk about the highs as well as the lows. Because I just want to be real and authentic on this podcast. I don't want to give you some fake BS about how, you know, everything's perfect and motherhood is like absolutely so easy and wonderful and magic. And yes, some days it is those things, but some days when you're dealing with mental health, it isn't. And that is okay. And that's what I'm trying to tell myself every day. Like, you're doing your best, Allie. Give yourself a break and... I am notorious for not giving myself a break, giving myself a pat on the back, any of that shit, I don't do. I, I'm very, very hard on myself. So, last week we were talking about guilt and she wanted to know um, what uh, situation in my life that has made me feel some kind of intense guilt. So immediately I'm brought back to my mom. And so I tell her that when my mom got sick, um, she, oh, fudge. it's really hard to go there again. Um, when my mom got sick. She was very, very stubborn. I wonder where I get it from. And there was one night where she just wasn't breathing properly. And I remember thinking that I needed to call the ambulance because I was scared and I I just didn't I didn't know how to deal with that. Um, and I told her, like, Mom, I, I'm gonna call the ambulance and she just made me promise not to because she didn't doesn't like didn't like hospitals, didn't want to be, you know, brought in an ambulance, etc. And um fuck, this is hard. Against her wishes, I called the ambulance because I didn't know what else to do. And um so the ambulance got there. And we got to the hospital and, um, they put her in like a bed. Um, they didn't admit her right away cause they didn't have beds at the time. So we were like in the back of the emergency department and she was on like a, a gurney or, or stretcher or bed, whatever you call it. And, uh, and she was on an oxygen machine, like one of the face mask ones that help you breathe. And, she was being so stubborn she was being infuriatingly stubborn and um, she kept taking it off and I remember just getting so fucking angry at her because she just kept taking the oxygen off it was stressing me out it was obviously stressing like putting her body through stress And I don't know if it was because she was on morphine or, like, the hydromorphone or whatever that she started getting, like, loopy-doopy and would not listen to me. And I remember I just, like, punched the bed next to her. And I'm not a violent person by any means. I have never physically hit anyone in my life, um, with the exception of, like, maybe my brother like when we were younger but hey guys sorry I am cutting into this podcast episode because the audio gets really weird um and like the volume gets kind of weird after this little break um so if you're listening in the car or on headphones you might want to just turn it down a couple notches because um I was testing out a couple of different things and, uh, it just amplified the audio like crazy. So, um, here's your little break to turn down the volume. Did you do it? You did. Did you do it? Okay. Um, okay. So let's jump back into the episode. I'm sorry. I will get better at this. I just, I was so overcome with so many emotions that night in the hospital with my mom, like I was so angry and hurt and confused and frustrated and I just felt helpless, I think would really describe it the best. I mean, we were given this news that, you know, she had terminal cancer and this was just the beginning of, you know, what I was about to experience and it was absolutely awful so I mean I don't think that she really even realized that I was kind of freaking out and you know getting upset angry whatever and lashing out and you know punching this empty bed beside her um I think because she was so loopy like she didn't really register what was what I was doing. Um but I still carry guilt from that night because I feel like maybe on some level she did know. Um my attitude and my actions and like maybe it upset her. I don't know. And that's another thing with guilt. You always question like My mom passed away in 2012 and I'm still sitting here nine years later thinking, okay, um, you know, what, what about that day? Like what, what if she remembered that? What if that was the last like lucid memory she had of me, you know? And I'm learning through cognitive, like I cannot think like that, but it is a huge job guys. Like rewiring your brain to think in a Healthier, like more logical way, as opposed to worst case scenario, fight or flight. Like you know, it's so much work. Um. So yeah, I, I um, I carry a lot of guilt from that incident, and then I also, um. This was like our breakthrough. So I started talking about my mom. I told her that incident. And I also said, you know, I, I feel bad because I wasn't there when she passed away. Oh, um, sorry. This is, this is a tricky one to go, go there. Um, but I'm going to go there because I, it's just, it helps me to get it out. So my mom was admitted and spent, I I can't even remember honestly how long, like I think she spent close to a week, if not maybe a little bit more in the hospital, um, when she was admitted and we were actually getting things together and collected so we could actually bring her home. So We were getting like a hospital bed for her. We were going to get like a a nurse to come and like administer her medication. And we were going to bring her home because I knew, I knew that she was going to pass, but I didn't want her to do it in the hospital. For some reason that, that just didn't sit right with me. Um, so we, me and my aunt and my brother were talking about like the logistics of how this would happen. And, you know, my aunt was there with her. 99% 99% of the time that she was allowed to be um and like I mentioned in my first episode like I was still working my brother was working I I believe as well like I can't honestly remember that far back these kind of details but um yeah so my aunt like held down the fort at the hospital with my mom and like just did whatever needed to be done for her and You know, I was 22 and working and trying not to deal with it, Um, running, running as fast as I possibly could from what I knew was going to happen. So um, I carry guilt about my attitude um, the night that she was admitted, and I carry guilt about not being there when she passed away. It it has been extremely hard for me to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't there. Um, it's extremely hard to remember her last words to me. Where she told me <laughs> that she knew she was dying. And I just didn't want to hear it. I couldn't hear it. I could not hear that. Um, sorry, guys. Okay. Um. So I carry guilt from that. I carry guilt about the fact that she died and I wasn't there. And I was there for my grandpa and I was there for my grandma. And my aunt told me later, like, she did that as a gift to you because... You had seen your grandpa leave this world. You have seen your grandma leave this world. And both were traumatizing. Um, I'm not saying going to the hospital after the fact that she had passed away um, would have been, like... I don't think watching her die, okay? Like, I'm just going to get blunt. I don't think watching her die would have done me any... Any good because I know what it felt like when, like, when I saw my grandpa take his last breath. I know what that felt like. Okay. And I know what that felt like when they turned off the machine and my grandma died. Okay. So I guess, like, my aunt was trying to just say, you know, she knew how, how traumatizing that was for you. And she didn't want you to have to go through that a third time and watch her die. And honestly, guys i i can sit here and completely confidently say that i would not have survived that i i wouldn't have survived it i know i know because when she was dying i was extremely suicidal I was like, okay, when she dies, I'm going to kill myself because, like, why not? What else do I have? Like, what am I without these people? Who am I? I don't know. Then I thought, you know, that was the solution. I'm I'm very, like, I need a plan, okay? I'm a planner and that was my plan. And a few of my close friends know that that was my plan. (laughs) thankfully I didn't do it obviously like hi I'm here I'm not a ghost (laughs) but um yeah so I carry guilt about not being when there when she died I carry guilt about not going with her to the crematorium um and I think that that's where I lack closure I would honestly convince myself guys that She was on a trip and, you know, or she was doing like relief work somewhere and she just didn't have access to a phone. And that's why I hadn't talked to her in so long or she was, you know, somewhere, she was somewhere still in this world and, and she was okay and she loved me and that's how I got to sleep most nights after she died was lying to myself. And convincing myself that she was still here somehow. I still do that sometimes. So anyway. This is a pretty easy, bruisey episode. Thanks for sticking around. (laughs) Um, So my breakthrough. These were all little breakthroughs. But my big, big breakthrough came. When my cognitive therapist was like okay what about your mom's situation besides what you've already told me so basically what I've just relayed to you guys what causes you the most guilt what makes you feel like absolute shit we need to get to the root the root of what's going on and I sat back and I was like I don't know and she was like Allie you gotta dig you have to dig through the bullshit that you've piled on top of yourself your entire life you've gotta dig through it and you have to figure this out like this is going to be huge you have to tap in you can't tap out and like let's go it's go time and I was fucking terrified I was like I don't want to go there I don't want to go there like I I quit. I don't want to do this. She was like, you can't quit when things are uncomfortable. (sighs) So she got it out of me and I just started talking. And in case you didn't know, I can talk. (laughs) I have a podcast with like, I guess six or seven episodes now, depending on when I release this one. And I they're all, like, 40 to an hour long. Like, your girl can talk. So, I also get very sarcastic and facetious when I'm about to have an emotional breakdown. So, there you go. That was that part of this. Um, anyway, so she asked me to dig deep. I dug. And I told her that I felt the most guilty because I felt that if i would have just brought her... i'm sorry if i would have brought her to the hospital sooner if i would have fought for her to see an oncologist or a specialist sooner then maybe she would still be here and it's my fault because i just wanted to go out and i wanted to get drunk and forget about you know everyone around me just getting sick and dying and and not deal with it and be 22 and you know have the same fucking worries as my friends who are that age about jobs and school and boys and you know, partying, and I was just dealing with so much shit that was out of my realm of comprehension, like, I didn't know what the fuck end was up, you know, sorry for swearing, (laughs) um, but I told her that I just felt extremely guilty, (sighs) because if I would have been more proactive with my mom's illness, and not how I felt I was then maybe she would still be here (laughs) and she opened my eyes um so this is what I mean when I say I had a breakthrough and that's the term she used as well so she broke it down for me as an outsider so she knows my situation she knows what I endured and went through And she was like, okay, Allie, can I ask you a question? What would have been the outcome had you brought your mom to the hospital sooner? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. And she was like, yes, you do. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I I don't know. And she was like, okay, your mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer so the fact that you are blaming yourself for her dying just isn't it's not true there's no evidence of that because she had terminal cancer and was given a life expectancy and unfortunately and tragically she died and you had no hand in that did you give her cancer and I was like no and she was like did you create the fucking cancerous cell well she didn't say fucking sorry she's like did you say did you create the cancerous cells in her body and make them multiply like very very viciously and I was like no she's like exactly so why are you blaming yourself and I honestly I couldn't give her an answer until I dug deep again and realized that i blame myself for everything that was my breakthrough i told her that i needed to put the blame somewhere so that it gives me and it gives my brain kind of like reasoning if i can make sense of something if i can make something logical Then my brain somehow will compute and like allow me to believe that it's true. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm trying to explain my brain the best way that I can. And I'm very sorry if it's like lost in translation. But that is how I can explain it. If I can make sense of something, I'm more apt to accept it. And so she really pulled it out of me and said, okay, so you need to blame something. Great. Why don't you put the blame where it belongs then? Like, stop blaming yourself. And I was like, but it's my fault. She was like, no. What killed your mom? And again, I wanted to shut down and she pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally I said cancer. And when I heard myself say it is when everything kind of clicked for me. It's the clicking for me. <laughs> um, I, some for some reason, like, registered that what my therapist was saying was true. Um, and then she said four words to me that I had never heard before um, and that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And she said, it's not your fault. I know guys, very goodwill hunting, right? She's my Robin Williams, I guess. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so she told me that my mom dying was not my fault. And that was the first time that I'd ever heard that and like I said I didn't know that I needed to hear that um but as soon as she said it it was like this weight was lifted off of my shoulders and I can see the situation in a healthier way now I mean I still revert back to the self-blame, um, and the self-sabotage and all of that. And, and like I said, I'm a work in progress and I'm trying, like I am trying hard, but I just, that was my breakthrough. And having that breakthrough meant so much to me. And she shared with me that she had also lost a parent and if you remember earlier, I felt, I I said that she felt like a friend. I really believe that people are, and I'm going to get all like cheesy, but I believe that people are put in your path for a reason. Um, maybe it's to teach you a lesson. Maybe it's to teach you a skill. Um, maybe it's to, you know, help you or hinder you. Like, I don't know how that works. Um, But I believe that I have met people since losing my family members um, that have helped me get here. Um, And my cognitive therapist is one of them. She has helped me see myself differently. Um, Every week it's a new adventure. Um, but yeah, so we're working, we're working a lot on guilt, uh, right now, which is a big one for me. And I didn't even realize that it was so big, but, um, it is. And I'm excited to see where, where we go next. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been very enlightening. I I will say, um, I never thought that I would do cognitive behavioral therapy, I knew that I probably needed it, but I, I just never like made the effort to, to do it for myself. And, um, my psychiatrist actually was the one who referred me to my cognitive therapist and, um, she's wonderful. So yeah. Um, that was my, like I said, my breakthrough, but it definitely, like, it's a step in the right direction. I don't want to, like, minimize that. It is a positive step. It did allow me to let some feelings out that I forgot I even had, that I had buried so deep, and kind of begin the healing process. But the second you scratch the surface of guilt and grief, there's, like, a million other layers to it that night after my appointment after my babies were in bed and my husband was coming to bed I was laying in bed sobbing and it literally felt like she died yesterday it felt like I had just realized that she's actually gone and she's not coming back and then, you know, the snowball effect happens where she's gone. She's not coming back. She's never going to meet Thomas. She's never going to meet my baby. She's never going to be here for their first, you know, she missed my wedding and all that, you know, and and I get stuck in that dark place. And I know she wouldn't want me there. None of them would. And I'm fighting like hell to get out of it. But frig it's hard so yeah guilt it's a bitch I don't like it it's not helpful it's very unhealthy I'm not a fan (laughs) if you couldn't tell so um I think I'm gonna end off here uh I really want to do more episodes in the future about cognitive I think that it's such an interesting form of therapy and I really really can see the benefits of it. Like I'm I'm doing it myself right now and I can see already like small baby step improvements. Um but I I'm very interested in learning more about it. I would love to talk to you guys more about it if you're interested. Um another big one, you know, is trauma that we're going to tackle. We have to tackle trauma. Um, I actually need some trauma counseling from the views of my psychiatrist. She believes that I really need it, um, for my trauma and my PTSD. So that will be, you know, their own episodes. Once I can kind of get to a place where I can talk about it without sobbing for the entire episode. (laughs) Um, but yes, so if you are interested in hearing more about my mental health journey, please um, follow and subscribe and like, whatever. Any kind of social media that you do, um, follow me on it because I think we can be pals and I'm very interested to hear your guys' thoughts on everything. You know, the crimes I'm talking about, the mental illness I'm talking about, the motherhood stuff that I'm talking about, you know, like I really want to dive into motherhood and what they don't tell you, um, kind of thing. I also have a pretty big case that I'm working on right now and it's, um, it's a biggie. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, the murderer is a lot and yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Otherwise, I'll give it away. So, I'm not going to give it away. But, yeah. So, stay tuned for that. But, as always, um, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for continuing to be on my team. And, um, I, I... I check the, you know, plays or listeners or whatever periodically. It's not, like, um, an everyday thing for me. But I was checking the other day and I saw um, that my numbers, like, significantly jumped from last time. And I was like, what? Like, that is so wicked. Like, I was very excited. Um, I I just think it's really cool that I have um, you guys that... Are sticking with me and continue to listen to my podcast and my show I I just I know I say it all the time and I'm sorry but I will continue to say it because it does mean a lot to me and just thank you for spending your time with me because you know that I'm just very grateful that's that's it okay like that is all I'm gonna say about it (laughs) um but yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, I will be getting into in de- uh, more in-depth mental health things in the future episodes. I have a couple on the go. So, yeah, um, if you would like to reach me, you can email me at crimescoffeeandcrazy at gmail.com. You can find me on the Twitter machine at podcastccc. And you can find me on Instagram at crimescoffeeandcrazy. As always, stay safe, pals, and thank you, that was my 17th thank you this episode, I'm pretty sure, um, for listening, and I will chat with you soon. Bye, guys.